A Touch of Heaven, a Good Omens fan fiction, written by Ineffable Toreshi, read aloud by Skaya Simaru. If you enjoy this podfic, you can check out the original story on Archive of Our Own. If you would like to hear more of my recordings or see some of my own work, you can find me through the pen and screen name of Skaya Simaru. A Touch of Heaven Summary A despondent and defeated Crowley has been through the ringer, more so even than his roommate, Newt, realizes. After a car accident puts him through a number of surgeries and a temporary, but terrifying, few weeks of blindness, the club owner wants nothing more than to curl up in his bed and refuse to move until things return to normal, or as normal as they'll ever be again. Newt and his cafe-owning girlfriend, Anathema, have other plans. They think that Crowley just needs some care and pampering, so Anathema schedules him a special off-hours appointment with a friend of hers who is a rather sought-after monsieur. Crowley is hesitant and stubborn, but Aziraphale's soothing voice and comforting nature soon win him over in more ways than one. A Touch of Heaven Chapter One Rise and shine, Sleeping Beauty! A cold, cruel burst of air chilled Crowley's body to the bone as his bedsheets were rudely ripped away from him. His instinctive reaction had him yelping, <coughs> a frankly embarrassing sound. But in the following heartbeat, he was growling and hissing like a feral cat while his hands shot out in search of his stolen warmth. Newt, I swear to fuck, I will Bite your nose off if you don't give me back my goddamn blankets! He snarled, aiming a hard kick in the direction that he thought his roommate might be standing. He guessed wrong and snarled again when his hyperextended knee cracked angrily. Ah! Oh, don't be so dramatic, Newt's voice teased from the other side of the bed. You've been sulking in bed for long enough. How do you expect your body to get back to normal if all you do is lay around all day, every day? The breathless string of profanity that Crowley let fly while he scrambled in circles and swiped blindly was possibly the most vulgarity he had spoken aloud all at once in his life. Newt, I'm fucking serious! He all but shrieked, Give me my goddamn blankets! No can do, mate. Newt's voice had moved again. The little bastard was learning how to properly avoid Crowley's wrath. I've suffered your pity party long enough. It's time to rejoin the world. Besides, your massage appointment is in two hours. And if you miss it, you know that Anathema will skin us both. Crowley let out one last burst of truly obscene language 
before allowing himself to fall back onto his bed without his blankets, cold and frustrated and wishing just for the moment that he lived alone. The silence in the room was heavy for a few moments until Newt finally spoke again with a much gentler tone. Come on, Crowley, it'll do you some good to get out of the flat. And you know that Anathema really went out of her way to get you this appointment. The guy doesn't even work on Saturdays. Crowley let out a long, low groan. <sighs> I know, she told me often enough herself. Wrinkling his nose and crossing his arms over his chest like a petulant child, he added, but I also didn't ask her to make the appointment, now did I? At least Newt chuckled at that. <laughs> yes, well, you know how she can be. You're the one dating her, masochist. You love her too. Lies and slander. The mattress at Crowley's left side dipped in conjunction with a deep sigh from Newt. It might actually make you feel better, you know, he pointed out. A bit of pampering could do you a lot of good. Though the urge to reach out and shove Newt off the bed remained, Crowley managed to restrain himself to simply pouting like a child. I hate it, he whined softly. He could feel his throat tightening and took a handful of deep breaths to calm himself. Crying in front of Newt would be embarrassing at the best of times, but with these stupid patches over his eyes, it was also highly unrecommended. I hate going out there like this. Can't I just reschedule for after the patches come off? There was a huff of breath, and Crowley could tell that Newt was thinking about how best to respond. That's three weeks away, Crowley, he pointed out in a steady tone. Are you really going to keep being a hermit, all closed up in here, for another three weeks? Crowley stuck out his lower lip and turned his head in the opposite direction of Newt's voice. <laughs> I've survived worse, he snipped. A moment of silence, followed by a quiet, you certainly have. So, surviving the outside world for a few hours should be easy, shouldn't it? Oh, fucking fuck! Crowley wanted to growl and kick and scream and tell Newt to fuck off, that he wasn't going, that he hated him, and to leave him the hell alone. Instead, with a deeply put-upon sigh, he threw an arm over his face and let the rigidity in his body melt away in defeat. Fine, he said. He sounded as miserable as he felt. I'll go to the stupid appointment, but we're walking.
the outside world was hell. If you'd told Crowley a month ago that he would be walking through London completely blind while clinging to his roommate's arm like a life preserver in the middle of the ocean, he would have asked you what kind of drugs you'd been taking. After all, Crowley was independent, proud, and virtually invincible. At least, that's what he'd felt like until very recently. Now he just felt like a pathetic sod leaping out of his skin at every random sound on the street. Uh, a lady with a dog coming up on your side, Newt said quietly, giving Crowley's arm a small squeeze. Looks well behaved, but just in case it barks. Crowley nodded and swallowed, gearing himself up for a bark that never came. Instead, there was the loud blare of a car horn that shot through him, causing a whimper and a cringe. Fuck! He hissed under his breath. Bloody lorries! Newt agreed and squeezed Crowley's arm again. Turning left in three, two, one. Crowley made the turn with both of his hands gripping Newt's sleeve, breathing a little sigh of relief when he didn't walk headlong into anything. Distantly, he wondered what he looked like to the other people in the street. He was wearing his darkest sunglasses to hide most of the glaringly obvious eye patches. But other than that, he had no idea what he was even wearing. He'd accepted whatever shirt and trousers Newt had handed him from the closet and had begrudgingly allowed his friend to brush his hair and pull it into a ponytail. He couldn't imagine that he looked very much like his usual stylish, overly coiffed self, though he was sure that Newt had tried his best. Thank fuck for Newt, honestly. Crowley didn't always express it well, especially these days when he was in a perpetual state of wanting to just sink into the ground and disappear. But he appreciated his friend and roommate with all his heart. He wasn't sure how he would have survived all this without him. Certainly he would have burned down the flat by now, just trying to feed himself. Uh, how does Anathema know this guy again? Crowley asked to distract himself from the myriad London morning sounds that made him jump and cower. He's a regular at the cafe, said Newt. They got talking one day, and somehow Anna's great-great-grandmother came up. The one who wrote all those prophecies? Well, turned out the guy has a hobby of collecting prophecy books, so that got the two of them going, and they became good friends. Anna says he's one of the sweetest people she's ever met. Crowley snorted and clenched his jaw. <laughs> sure, he mumbled, doubtful. Hey, he gave up a Saturday morning to fit you in to an incredibly packed schedule, Newt pointed out. 
Sounds pretty sweet to me. <laughs> Doesn't mean anything, Crowley huffed. Maybe Anna had some incredibly incriminating blackmail on him. <laughs> the squeal of tires only briefly preceded the long, loud blast of a horn and a great deal of shouting. The shock stole the words from Crowley's lips to be replaced by a yelp and a whimper, his heart leaping into his throat. Before he knew what he was doing, he'd instinctively attempted to jump away from the noises, and then he was falling. Somehow, Crowley didn't land on his face on the pavement, though it was a close thing. Between Newt grabbing him by the arm and the back of his shirt, and the pure dumb luck that they'd been passing a phone box that helped to stop his descent. Crowley was quickly being yanked back to standing. His arms were around Newt before he could reconsider, clutching his friend close while his heart fought its hardest to burst through his ribs. Fucking, fucking, fuck! Crowley gasped, wanting nothing more than to be safe in his bed back at the flat. I'm going to have a fucking heart attack before we even get there. Newt patted him on the back and gave a little chuckle, but it was one of those nervous chuckles he sometimes had when he felt out of his depth. <laughs> Maybe I can go back and get the car for the trip home, he suggested carefully. It would be a lot faster. Get it over with, quick. The suggestion only made Crowley grip his friend's shirt more tightly, though. He shook his head vehemently. No, no driving. Come on, let's... Fuck, are we almost there at least? Newt, very slowly and cautiously, untangled Crowley from him until they were standing side by side again, with Newt's hand around Crowley's waist, and Crowley's hand clutching Newt's other arm. Yes, it's just a bit more down this street. Come on, you can do it. The gentle encouragement made Crowley want to snarl and cry at the same time, but he did neither. He clenched his teeth, painfully hard and forced himself to match Newt's steps. Less than a hundred steps later, Newt nudged Crowley to make a ninety-degree turn, and they were, finally, blessedly, pushing through a door. A jaunty little bell jingled to announce them, and as the door swung shut, they were encased in relative quiet. Crowley felt like he was able to breathe for the first time since they'd left the flat. <sighs> All good? Newt asked in a low voice. Crowley nodded. It was a blatant lie, but Newt had already pandered to him enough this morning. The soft pad of footsteps approached from somewhere nearby. Crowley did his best to straighten up, 
and reluctantly released his death grip on Newt, though he noticed that Newt did not yet remove his own steady hand. Ah, good morning. Newton, I believe. Despite himself, Crowley couldn't help relaxing just a bit at the sound of the stranger's voice. He wasn't sure what he'd been expecting, but he couldn't deny that the man who approached them sounded soothing. His voice was light and airy, happy in a way that Crowley didn't think it was possible to fake. There was a shuffling and a few light sounds of movement. Crowley imagined that Newt had just accepted an outstretched hand. Newt is fine, thanks, his friend said. And you're Mr. Fell? <laughs> a Syrophil, please, the soothing man said, with a soft chuckle. Though I know it's a bit of a mouthful, so feel free to play with it. Anathema calls me Syra. Crowley focused intently on the lovely lyrical voice and found himself repeating that name in his head over and over again to ensure that he would pronounce it correctly later. And you must be Mr. Crowley. Crowley startled a little bit and hesitantly held out a hand, not wanting to accidentally smack someone by getting too enthusiastic. Uh, just Crowley, actually, he insisted, as warm fingers found his own and gave a firm shake. A given name is Anthony, but I prefer Crowley. Crowley it is, then, Aziraphale said, easily. Crowley could almost imagine the smile that would match his pleasant tone. There is a bit more shuffling and the sound of paper being unfolded. I've got his insurance info here, Newt was explaining. He's got a decent plan, so you shouldn't have any trouble direct charging. This one is from the hospital detailing the injuries, and he has voice commands set up on his phone, so he can call me when you're done. Jesus Christ, Newt, Crowley muttered certain that his face had gone unattractively pink. <laughs> You're making me sound like a complete invalid. Newt sputtered, uh, uh, but the mysterious Aziraphale chuckled, not unkindly. <laughs> I think it's lovely that your friend is making such an effort, Crowley, don't you? Oh, balls, now Crowley was definitely blushing because that tone had been somewhere between delightfully amused and patiently reproachful. Uh, yeah, that's, uh... He trailed off, cleared his throat, and angled his head in Newt's direction with a twitchy kind of smile. Uh, thanks, mate. There was a long moment of silence, during which Crowley imagined that Newt was probably blinking at him, eyebrows raised. Uh, no problem, the response eventually came, followed shortly after by, You good to go? Crowley gulped but nodded, and carefully held out one hand, palm up. I'm good, he assured his roommate. So long as a Xerophil... 
Nailed it. Is willing to lead me. Another soft chuckle, and those warm, soft fingers were on Crowley's hand again, gentle but steady. <laughs> of course, my dear. Just a bit nervous now, Crowley murmured a soft farewell to his roommate and allowed the kind-sounding Aziraphale to guide him through the building. Uh, so, heaven's touch? Crowley asked to distract from his own nerves. Interesting name for a massage parlour. Aziraphale chuckled again, his voice just a bit muffled for a moment before it became clear, suggesting that he'd turn to look at Crowley, even if Crowley couldn't see him. Yes, well, I'm named after an angel, so... Crowley felt his eyebrows raise and his mouth twitch into a small smile. Oh, really? There was a click and a swish, a door opening, Crowley guessed, and Aziraphale hummed. Mm -hmm. Yes, Aziraphale was a principality who guarded the eastern gate of the wall surrounding Eden. Crowley's brows rose even higher as he was gently guided into a room and around some obstruction. Huh, hell of a name, Sank. Or should I say, a heaven of one? <laughs> Aziraphale laughed fully at that. It was a sweet sound, Crowley thought, that he wouldn't mind hearing more of. Christ, Newt may have been right about him getting out of the flat. It had only been a few minutes, and already this complete stranger had made his heart feel lighter, his troubles feel a bit further away. If his massage skills were even a fraction as lovely as his general presence, Crowley was sure to feel like mush by the end of the appointment. There's a chase just here, my dear, Aziraphale told him and carefully took up Crowley's other hand to better guide him backwards. There we go. Let's get comfortable for now. Crowley couldn't argue about the comfortable part. This chase felt like it was stuffed with feather down. He was a bit confused, however, and cocked his head sideways to express it. Uh, shouldn't I be, like, on a table or something? The deliciously cozy chase cushions shifted slightly as Aziraphale sat nearby. Crowley heard a metallic click and frowned again, picturing his featureless masseur holding a clipboard or something similar. We've a few things to go over first, Aziraphale explained. Firstly, have you ever had a massage before? Crowley shook his head. And then, because he couldn't tell if Aziraphale was looking at him, said, uh, No, this'll be the first. Aziraphale hummed in acknowledgement. Hmm. Crowley could hear the soft sound of a pen scraping over paper. Do you, to the best of your knowledge, have any allergies to oils, perfumes, lotions, etc.? Crowley gave it a brief thought, and then shook his head again. Uh, no, uh, no allergies that I know of. 
Any strong feelings about particular scents? At Crowley's confused eyebrow lift, Aziraphale let out a little huff of amusement. <laughs> I use a number of scented oils and lotions to assist in creating a relaxing environment, but some people are bothered by such things, so I have scent-free options to accommodate. Oh, uh, no, no issues there, Crowley said finally. You can use whatever you like. The pleased hum, hmm, made something twist in Crowley's belly. Fuck! Had he been so out of touch with humanity recently that the slightest sound of happiness had him all wobbly in the guts? There was a rustling of papers, a few soft hums as Aziraphale, presumably, read something, and then that lovely, soothing voice again. Hmm. I have the report here showing where your injuries were sustained and what was done to repair them, but I want to assure you now that you are in control of this appointment. If I work on an injured area and you feel uncomfortable or something hurts, I insist you tell me immediately. Do not grit through it because you think I know best. Just because I'm the professional doesn't mean that I know your body or how it is going to react to my touch. If Crowley had had the use of his eyes to stare at Aziraphale with, he'd have been doing so right now and possibly blinking a bit out of sheer bewilderment. Uh, forgive me for sighing, but that's a very unusual stance for someone in health care. Refreshing as fuck, but unusual. Another chuckle, this one with just a hint of derision in it. <laughs> yes, I know many healthcare professionals tend to be rather oversure of themselves. I can't tell you the number of clients I've had here who were one step away from bursting into tears at any moment because their doctor didn't believe that something hurt as badly as it did, or because their nurse had refused to give them extra pain medication, or because another massage therapist put far too much pressure on something. Aziraphale paused long enough to take a deep breath and let it out slowly evidently calming himself. <sighs> I strive not to be one of those people, so please do give me any feedback you have at any point throughout the process. I want you to leave this appointment feeling good, not running to tell Anathema that her friend crippled you. A bark of laughter escaped Crowley before he even realized it was happening. And oh, didn't that feel great? Fuck, he couldn't remember the last time he'd properly laughed at something. Ha! All right, I promise to keep you in the loop and not sick the angry little American chihuahua after you. Aziraphale's laughter echoed Crowley's own. <laughs> I see her as more of a well-dressed pit bull myself, but the sentiment stands. They laughed together for several long moments after that, Crowley's shoulders bouncing 
and his stomach twisting in a funny way that he didn't quite recognize. For the first time in a long time, he temporarily forgot about his troubles, his injuries, and all that had led up to them. For a moment, the only negative thought in his mind was that it sucked that he couldn't see the man he was talking to, to look him in the eye as they enjoyed a bit of mirth. It felt nice. If nothing else positive came of this appointment, this moment, at least, was worth it. <laughs> All right, Aziraphale said, alongside the sound of something being dropped on a nearby table. I think that's all I need, my dear. What say we get this show on the road, hmm? And Crowley, without even thinking about it, smiled. Okay, sure, let's do it. End of chapter one. Thank you for reading. Please drop by the archive and let the author know what you thought of their work.